Hey, welcome to episode 25 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how a little fast from Spotify can create a lot of time with God. And hello, I'm George, and I want to talk a little bit about how fasting can help you remember what's important and kind of help you reorganize the priorities in your life. All that and more in this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode 25 of Tangible Takeaways. So glad that you could be on, George. Glad to be here, Jackson. It's going to be a blast. I enjoyed these. These yeah. have been so good. Oh, good. Well, we're always happy to have you on, and it'll be fun to unpack uh, the last message in our 40 Days series as we kind of wrap that up, looking at 40 Days of Prayer. So just uh, before we even get into the specifics of this message on fasting, um, 40 Days of Prayer, just kind of this dedicated time to look over our own prayer lives and examine them. Uh, what have you What have you learned, or what do you What have you even tried to change in your prayer life, or grow in out of this series? You know, praying um, just on a regular rhythm of just reading the Word of God and praying has been something I've done for a long time. But I think the practicums in this Forty Day of Prayers has really changed the way I've I've prayed together with other believers, and mm. I've even seen a a deeper level of prayer occur, occur there. And even um, I think it was in week five where we just got up and laid hands on each other. Mm. And I'd really like to continue to even go deeper into those people we share life with and, and do the rhythm of small groups. And I, I think that probably impacted me the most. Mm. And because um, I, I tend to be very personal and private, I like to pray all by myself, which is good. Yeah. But I need more of that corporate prayer. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I always find it encouraging even learning from you what you're learning because you have been in your faith and in this practice of prayer and reading your Bible on a regular basis for so much longer than I have, but then even still, there's so much still left for you to learn. And so even getting to hear, man, what's God moving in you or what do you see kind of happening uh, or changing in your perspective? It's just encouraging that kind of we're, we're never really done, no, you know, there's always more to grow in. And I think there's a misnomer, you know, we have different personality types. So I actually really thrive in being alone. Mm. I mean, and, and I love people, so I don't want anyone to get me wrong, but I thrive yeah. in just being in those moments alone. So my time in the word and prayer is rich, mm. but I need to be stretched in those times with other believers. And even even for me, just in my personality, that uncomfortableness of, of being very vulnerable in what I need mm. and where I'm struggling yeah. and letting other believers come alongside and, and pray for me as well as me pray for them. And so I just, that, like you said, I've been a Christian for a long time, been praying for a long time, but I need work in that area, Jackson. Mm. And this whole 40 days really stretched me there. Yeah. And it is cool. There is something, um, you know, we can tend to think that this kind of praying out loud with other believers, it's kind of this weird uh, thing that we have to do at church sometimes. It's really uncomfortable. Um, and we can tend to think that there's, it's really only just uncomfortable and it's easier to pray by ourselves and stuff like that. But I actually, I think there's a lot more going on there. Even like you're saying in this 40 days of prayer, I've been able to be in some settings now where I've been praying with other people in the room. And it's just, there's something about the publicness of it, hearing the way that other people are talking to God. Um, it even, it helps me focus my mind better when I'm talking to God. I find I can be a lot more distracted when it's just me and him. When there's other people there, it's like almost kind of forces me to focus up a little bit more. And so there really is, there's something powerful. I think having both in your life is a good thing, yeah. but we 
like you said, based on our personality type, we can probably end up favoring one over right. the other. And, and I think as people, we kind of push away intimacy. Mm. And I heard someone describe intimacy one time as into me see. Mm. And we already know the God of the universe can see into our very souls. And, and I mean, we have to deal with that. God knows us. But it's amazing how easy it is to put on a mask, mm. to put on some some front, because I don't want another believer to know where I, where I fail or where I'm struggling, where I'm fearing. Yeah. And man, uh, uh, at least for me, so easy to put up walls and barriers. And suddenly in that prayer time, other people get to see a little bit inside me and 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 see the the real uh, me a little more raw, yeah. a little more um, authentic, and um, it's to me to be honest, it's a little scary at times. Yeah, but it's so rewarding. There's, when we let other there's really in. nothing more intimate than your own prayer requests, right? Your own right. personal prayer exactly. requests. And it is, it's it's not a practice that we're in because even when you think about like when you show up to church and you're shaking hands with people and you're saying hi and stuff like that, it's like, that's all, it's, it's kind. We're trying to be kind to other people right. and be like, I'm excited to see you. But it all does kind of have this mask to it too, right? Of like, I'm at church, so I'm happy, right? right. And it's not because I actually am happy. I'm just happy because I'm supposed to be at church, right. you know? It's like we say, how are you doing? Yeah. Good. I'm good. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, maybe not. Maybe. But it's, and it, cause it's normally in that setting, it's socially awkward to be like, oh, well actually I've got all this stuff. Cause it's like, oh, I wasn't asking, you know, but it's like, but we, we shy away from those moments mm -hmm. where we, we can bear our souls and be more honest about what's going on and even share the requests of um, how people can be praying for us. Right. And when we miss that, I think we miss the, the intimacy with other believers. We miss how deeply they love us, how deeply they care for us. Like you can see all of that when you bear that to someone and then they start praying for you. There's just, there's something, there's definitely something cool in praying for other people. Sure is. But there's something uncomfortable, but also very powerful about being prayed for right. in your own life. So always, always interesting to see kind of what God's doing in each of our lives through That's it. So true. Encouraging to know that we're all still growing together, no matter how long we've yeah. been at this, yeah. you know? So true. Um, so on the topic of fasting now from this weekend, as Pastor Tom gave us a great message uh, on the topic of fasting, which we don't really talk about very much at all. Um, what is this? Let's go to the theological side of things first. What's the tie between this denial of something physical or even enjoyable um, that then elicits this kind of powerful intimacy with God, powerful response from Him? Why do those things go together, do you think? I, I think for me, Jackson, um, denying ourselves is antithetical to the way we operate as a society. Mm. We are so used to basically just reaching out and fulfilling every single need that we have. And, you know, I think, I think this concept of fasting is so critical because denying yourself becomes a discipline it, mm. and it becomes something that it, it takes an intentional effort for a reason. Not not just because you're trying to. I remember what Pastor Tom said in the message this past weekend, where you're that he talked about the Pharisees trying to put on some white makeup or something just so you could feel so like they're so spiritual. Yeah, and and that's not the point. The point is to deny yourself so that you can turn and and whatever that urge is that wells up inside of you, whether it's hunger or it, you know the desire to get on your social media, whatever that is, to turn that around and remember your reliance on God and. Mm. 
I'll be honest, you know, we live in a very um, affluent society. So I know I don't worry about where my next meal is going to come from. Yeah. And I don't worry about so many things. And um, I take for granted that everything I have is from the Lord. Mm. And by denying myself, it turns me back to God who fulfills every desire that I have. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be those sinful desires that we have, right? right? And it's almost like denying ourselves in an area of food or social media or whatever it is, denying ourselves in that area prepares us yes. to deny ourselves in these sinful areas. It almost kind of conforms us to what it looks like to live in denial of ourselves so that then when that temptation comes, that response is already kind of geared right. up and ready in right. us. You know, it's kind of this, it's, it's, there's a preparation almost mm -hmm. that fasting does in our kind of dealing with temptation as well. Yeah, it, I guess it's going to, who's, who's going to have mastery in your life? Mm. Is it the Holy Spirit, God living through you, or is it your desires, your, mm. your bodily desires, whatever they are? Yeah. You know, it is, it is a question of, of who has mastery. Yeah. And I think hunger is like, when you look at, uh, for, for God in kind of the imagery of this whole thing, hunger is like a beautiful image of the whole thing. Like we, we are hungry so often, three times a day, right? right. Um, but then we don't even actually need that much food to survive. We don't need to eat three times a day, right? right. We actually need a lot less than that. Um, but we, we tend to give into that desire, maybe even more than we need it. Um, and so there's, there's this kind of really cool imagery there of like, here's a desire that we need a lot of. And then I'm thinking of like Jesus, when he's talking to the woman at the well and his disciples come back with food for him. And they're like, here, like you're, you're obviously hungry. We got you food. And he's like, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Right. And so then there's this, and the, the food that we're eating isn't also, it's not just for kicks and giggles, right? It's for sustenance and to keep going. And it's um, this kind of energy to kind of keep moving on. And Jesus is saying, that's what doing God's will is for me, right. is it's this energy and the sustenance in my life to keep moving forward. He's not being weirdly hyper-spiritual and like, I'll never eat again, but he's like, the, the satisfaction of eating pales in comparison to the satisfaction of doing the will of God. So it's a, it's a cool, there's a cool image there in the there denial is. of that. And it seems very strategic because um, I think fasting is a discipline, if I could be honest, it's it's one of those disciplines that I would, it's like even observing the Sabbath, mm. trying to figure that out. And what is the proper rhythm of that? Yeah. Because um, scripture reading, prayer, that's an everyday rhythm. Yeah. Fasting is different. Yeah. And, it, and it's something that I've recognized that that has to be a rhythm for me um, when I'm going to God for something specific in my life, mm. when I'm going to God because there is a need or even a need for me to be reminded um, mm -hmm. Even as Pastor Tom said this past weekend, it was, you know, maybe there's a, a sinful desire that is wanting to have mastery over me, or there is a, a, a deep need or a desire for wisdom. Fasting becomes a rhythm to introduce um, in those times, in those moments. Now, maybe for some people, it's a, a regular once a week thing, but I think for me, it's just been more in those moments of need. Mm for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I like that you're bringing that up because as we're talking about fasting, somebody might look at that and say, man, uh, so do I need to be fasting like once a week? Do I need to fast once a month? Like what's the kind of the biblical rhythm for how I should be fasting? And what you're saying really does seem to be the case that um, fasting is more situational in scripture, that circumstances will elicit fasting for God's people. 
uh, that there will be something that happens or something that's missing or a crisis comes up exactly. or something like that that then leads them to fasting. And so I think what a cool thing that so many of us, we feel paralyzed when crisis hits us, right? It's like, what am I gonna do? Uh, this crazy thing has happened in my life. And the Bible actually gives us something to do. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of almost a cool confidence we can have in crisis, that we don't just have to sit back and do nothing or even just revert to our normal rhythms of prayer, but like there's actually a way to take that in, in almost a more extreme way and say, okay, now I'm gonna deny myself of these things. And, and I'm going to do that in seeking the Lord over this crisis that I'm in. That is so true. And, and you said something really interesting. You said, sit back and do nothing. And that, that is such a, it's an interesting concept because fasting is obviously something. Yeah. But isn't it um, amazing how often in our lives when we're heading into a, a major decision or a crisis or something, it's almost like as if prayer or fasting or those things are the last thing we choose to do. They seem counterproductive. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we've run to the end of ourselves. Mm. Then we're like, I guess there's nothing else. I'll try fasting or prayer. Yeah. When like maybe a Hail that should have been. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Here we are, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No. But you know, instead of that being at the beginning of the process, you mm. know, um maybe I'm gonna make the most important decision of my life. And it's like I'm going to ask this person to marry me or something and it's to get married or maybe move to a new um, state and get a job or move schools or something like that. Yeah. You know, why don't we start with fasting? Yeah. And prayer. Yeah. Make it proactive instead exactly. of reactive. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I like that, George. That's a, a different way to look at it, to say, okay, man, when, when something happens, there's going to be a big change in my life or something like that then how could I seek the Lord over that change? Well, maybe, um, and what I think is cool too is generally when we think of fasting, I, I wanna dispel some of the myths that we might think of, right? Like we might first think like, okay, it's just like a biblical diet because some people are right. familiar with the Daniel fast and right. that's even a way that people try to lose weight. It's like God was not concerned about his people losing weight. That wasn't the goal wasn't the of goal. a fast, right? It's, well, and isn't that interesting because that's narcissistic. Yeah. This is about me and yeah, how I look or how I feel when like about, fasting was supposed yeah. To turn us to God. Yeah, it's supposed to turn our attention to Him right. in the wake of that need. And so it's not this like really cool biblical diet. It's also not something that we have to do for, we see some really extreme fasts that push to even scientifically what we would know is kind of the limits of what you can do in fasting, um, like to a 40-day fast where we see Jesus do that and stuff like that, where he's out in the wilderness and you're like, dude, I can't even imagine not eating for 40 days. That's right. crazy. Right. But generally when we think of fasting, we're going to think of something that's super extreme like that. Where it's like, man, if I'm going to ask somebody to marry me or I'm going to uh, look at taking this new job or a big move or whatever it is, I might fast for three days. I might fast for a day to just right. set that thing aside and devote it to the Lord. It doesn't have to be... I think we always want something to be the extreme because we're kind of a pendulum people, you right. know, we just swing to like, what's the craziest thing I could do? And then we don't do it because it's overwhelming. Right. When it's like, man, you could... You could just fast from lunch today and seek the Lord over exactly. lunch. That'd be a great that'd be a great thing to do. Well, because someone could even have some sort of medical condition or physical yeah. condition where they could do something dangerous. Yeah. You know, based on their physical condition. And that's not what God's asking. God's asking us to, to do something that turns us toward Him. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of carves out that room for right. dependence. And I even think when we're talking about well, how does this create this kind of divine response from God and this intimacy with Him. Um, for anybody who's ever been to summer camp, 
um, I, I, I see some correlations between fasting and summer camp. Summer camp is kind of this deprivation of a lot of things that are normal mm, and a lot of yeah. things that are comfortable, right? Generally, you're in a tent or a cabin and it's not super great and people are snoring and they smell bad and right. you're going to chapel way more than you'd want to and you have to read your Bible for an hour a day. And it's just kind of this deprivation of all of these normal things for things that are a lot more uncomfortable. Yeah. But and then, you know, you're not even bringing a cell phone exactly. when you go to camp. I, I mean, big, some big changes, right? Big changes. But then people meet Jesus in powerful mm -hmm. ways at camp. And I don't think that that's on accident. I no. think that um, the deprivation isn't, it isn't even always like a test from God. Like, I just want to see you deprive yourself of something, so I'll right. respond. But a lot of times it's just a removing of distraction for us, that we're so distracted by all of the comforts that we have that it's so easy to miss God. It's so easy to not pay attention to Him. And when we eliminate some of those things, all of a sudden His voice just becomes so clear. And so that's why I even like it, as you mentioned, as a, as a response to maybe sin creeping up in our life, right? That we would say, okay, man, there's a sinful desire kind of crouching at the door for me. And what am I gonna do? I'm gonna deprive myself of some stuff so that I can seek the Lord in a unique way. So. What is a, a powerful moment that you have had in the fasting space as you've tried to kind of instill that into your life? Wow, I'm trying to think back. There's been more than one occasion where I've done an extended fast. And um, I think when I say extended, by the way, I, it's not a week or something, but sure. you know, days and, and that. And I, I, um, I really think I've been humbled by how weak I am as far as a mm. person. It's just like my mind just wants to focus on food or grabbing a snack. I remember times that I fasted where I'll go to the pantry just to grab a bag of chips and have it in my hand going, oh, you know. That, <laughs> yeah, it's like your mind me, shut off. <laughs> let me put that back yeah. right now. And and I'm just amazed at how, how weak I am, my lack of self-discipline, and how um, even just that those hunger thoughts are supposed to turn me back to the Lord, but it, man, they turn inward so quickly. Mm. And um, it, it, it really does make me um, recognize what a weak person I am and mm. how dependent on the Lord I am every single moment yeah. and grateful for his power in my life because yeah. he is made strong in our weakness. And, and I'm reminded of that in, in times of fasting. And then it becomes, it becomes real rich because if you get through the, just thinking about the fact I'm hungry right yeah. now, but to what you're seeking the Lord for, it, it becomes this reminder that we, you know, we are utterly dependent upon him. Mm. It just, it's a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. That you can't, that you actually can't go get that thing on your own. Right. You know? and, exactly. And there is this, um, the depriving of food reminds you that the food that you have is only because he's given it to you. Right. And then it forces you to see, oh man, this thing that I'm seeking him over, it's only because he's going to give it to me. It's not because I'm going to do anything that's going to earn it. Right. And, and I think, you know, the fact that we are not having to pray for every single meal that comes our way, most people in America, and I realize around the world, people are, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, each it's a very meal different is a, context, it's a very different context. But for us, it is such an easy thing to think that I provided this food. Mm. I went out every day and got a job. Uh, we, I paid for the groceries. Yeah, we put these in it's our my cabinets. Salary it's, it's my salary. It's my salary. It's me, 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 me. All done by me. Mm. And. What happens, and we take that into the rest of our life. Yeah, you know, problems that we have, crises that we have. Again, how do I solve it? I'm the solution. I, I'm the solution, mm. and it's just it's um, 
It's something that we need to be broken of. Yeah. And in that fast, when we, you know, deny ourselves and even reminded that our daily bread, you know, is is from the Lord. Mm. And that I don't deserve the job I have. I don't deserve the health I have. When I just continue to focus that every single thing I have is a gracious gift of God, then I see my solutions as coming from the Lord and not myself. Yeah, it really changes your perspective. So what would you say, George, are some things, obviously food is the one that we see modeled continuously in the Bible as far as something to fast, but um, I think there's plenty of other things that we can fast in our life as well. What would some of those other things be maybe for people who are thinking, okay, maybe as I'm listening to this, there's some stuff I need to seek the Lord over, uh, but I don't know if I'm ready to do the food one. That one might be too intense for me. What are maybe even some introductory things that somebody could try to fast? So that's a great question. Um, One of the things that I think we need to remember is some of the areas of pride in our life or sin in our life or need in our life are are directly tied to areas where um, we think we have control, but we need to relinquish control Mm. or or we may even have problems with. Mm. And so sometimes I think fasting needs to be appropriate to the situation. So imagine, you know, maybe it's a it's a crisis between a relationship you have. Maybe it's a maybe it's a schism amongst friends or or something like that. And maybe because of that, you need to get off all social media mm. because everything you see posted, everything you see from that person is just driving you crazy. Yeah. Maybe it's time to shut that off mm. for a period of time and maybe ask for healing in that relationship. Mm. Um, maybe maybe it's it's fear over what's happening and and you know you're maybe you're worried about you know what what might happen because of my job, because of a, a mandate that's coming or certain things like that. Maybe you fast from the news for a while yeah. and just stop the influences that keep creating fear in your life and turn back to God. And so I think there are so many areas that we can look at that there might be things we fast that are specifically related to the area that we're seeking God about. Mm, that's really good. I Yeah, almost going to the source of the problem and mm-hmm. saying, that's going to be the thing that I'm going to fast. Right. And what's fascinating with those specific ones is when you start fasting those things, you realize like, and maybe I just don't need this thing in my life. Like maybe I just need to stop watching the news or maybe I just need to get off of social media for maybe even an extended period of time. But sometimes we need that breath of fresh air without it so that we can kind of begin to see clearly like, and my life has a lot more peace to it. I've got a lot more time to spend thinking about God when I kind of carve these things out. One of the things I recently challenged some of our young adults with, even here at the church, uh, to fast that I thought was maybe an interesting thing to think through um, was their music. Um, Mm. Oh, yeah. Because what what catches me is every year uh, on our Instagrams when we we'll get a Spotify wrapped, which basically just tells you how many minutes of music you listened to and who your top artists were. And I mean, I've got so many friends and myself included, we'll get our stats at the end of the year. And it's like, you listen to 36,000 minutes of music or 70,000 minutes of music. And I just start to do the math on that. I'm like, that is that is a lot of time, right. like that is a lot of time that's been spent listening to music. And I understand music is often on in the background and it's not always something that we're devoting all of our attention to. That's like a lot of time to be listening to music too. Right. And it always makes me think, man, if you wrapped my time with God, if you gave me the stats on my time with God, how would that weigh against the time that, that I listen so to music? Like, I don't think it'd be that good. Right. And, uh, and so when I look at stuff like that, it creates this opportunity of like, man, maybe if I just 
if I spent the time that I listened to music in the car this week and I spent that time seeking God, right? That is so what true. would happen? What would be different? And that's just a daily rhythm kind of a thing that um, I can fast a daily rhythm for a week or for two weeks. And, um, and it's fine for that to come back and me to listen to music again. But I think what I might realize is that happens right. and has begin to, begun to realize in my own life is like, I don't think I need to listen to as much music as I was listening to because seeking the Lord during that space has been a lot more beneficial for my life. Yeah, so. that, that's so good. And I think for some, it might be gaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at maybe how much time someone plays, you know, online gaming or those things could be yeah. television, sports. Yeah. Um, Pastor Tom mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so many of those things. I think you're right. If we measured out how much time that we spent doing those things, um, of it's even much more than eating. Yeah. You know, yeah. which your body's going to tell you pretty immediately when you're hungry that you haven't eaten. But I would imagine if you have been, you know, maybe gaming every single day or whatever, that as soon as you stop, your body's going to start, you know, almost yeah, saying, hey, I'm missing You're going to have a desire for it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's cool. A, a cool thing to touch on, George. A lot of us have a hard time where we, we would look at um, these different things we have going on in our life that take too big of a role in our life, like gaming or like a sport. Uh, or, you know, watching TV or whatever it is. And we're like, man, that thing's an idol for me. I just know it is. Um, And so generally our solution is, I just need to cut that thing out of my life. And that's not normally super sustainable because I cut gaming out of my life and I go two, three months and I'm doing really good. And then uh, I crack and a new game comes out and I get it. And then all of a sudden I'm just back to the way that things were. And it's not sustainable. But I think fasting is an interesting, sustainable rhythm for us to get in with those things that can take too much space in our lives and it helps us keep them in check. Bring them back to balance. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not, I don't think that the Christian life is about eliminating those things that you enjoy doing from your life, but it's it's keeping them, it's weighing them appropriately and saying, okay, but there's not eternal value to this thing. Right. So if there's not eternal value to this thing, that's okay. There, I'm, I'm going to do lots of things today that don't have eternal value, but I want to weigh the things that do have eternal value much higher than I weigh these things. And when it starts to come out of balance, now I have an opportunity to maybe fast of that thing and kind of reset the scales. There's, I have this great visual example of this that I've done for various things, but um, I have a jar at home that, you know, it's probably about this big. Yeah. And um, I have all these um, river rocks. Yeah. And um, then I also have a pitcher full of of sand. Mm. And it's fascinating because if you pour the sand in the jar you might be able to get three or four of those river rocks in there and then all, there's a whole nother stack that will never make it inside the jar. Mm. But if you take all the rocks and put them in the jar, you can get over three fourths of that sand in the jar as it filters around. And I use the analogy to say that when we figure out what is priority in life, there that, that picture of sand refers to things that aren't necessarily bad, mm. but they're not necessarily priorities. Yeah. And if you name it, every one of those rocks, it might be my my time in the word and prayer. It might be fasting. It might be my small group, uh, mm. whatever that is. Yeah. And you make sure that those are first. You can pour in all those things. There's watching. still lots of room for There's, sand. It all yeah. filters through all the rest. And w- when you fill it to the top, you've actually almost emptied the entire picture. Mm. But there are some things you'll have to cut out because yeah. we can't do everything. Yeah. But I think fasting can remind us of that. It's such a great point mm. that are, what are those priorities? And make sure that we have put those in our life first. Yeah. 
and then begin to fill back in those things to if there's room. Yeah, that's a powerful image. Well, I hope that if you're listening to this conversation, it gives you just some great uh, clarity maybe on if there's an appropriate time to fast coming up soon or the next time that there is. Uh, and hopefully it gives you just some practical uh, things to look at uh, and even options of things that you could fast. So as always, don't forget to like the video and share it with somebody if it uh, will be helpful and leave a tangible takeaway that you've got from the message in the comments as well. George, thanks for being on. Yeah, it's so good it. to be here with you, Jack. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.